Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. Here, We're honored that you decided to be here with us today. Um, if this is one of your first times with us, please, please, please stop by the connect table. We've got some amazing, amazing people. We would just love to, to chat with you, to give you a free gift. All right. So just so you know, that ball's in your court. All right. We're here. We want to meet you. We want to connect with you um, and, and just looking forward to uh, uh, all that God has. Do you guys realize we're 14 days out from Christmas? Like, come on now, 14 days away. How many of you are done Christmas shopping? Anybody at all? You're totally done. Wow. Guys, listen, listen. Walgreens on Christmas Eve, not this year, all right? It is open, but don't do it, all right? I'm giving you a little warning, all right? Giving you a friendly reminder. Uh, but listen, we're in week two of just a really fun uh, a sermon series that we started last week called Christmas at the Movies. Christmas at the Movies. And what we're doing is we're just looking at some Christmas films and, and learning some, uh, some good truths and hearing some of the stuff that these uh, uh, teachings that these old movies have. And then we're looking and seeing how do they line up with God's Word? How do they line up with what Scripture says? And so last week we started out pretty high with Buddy the Elf. And it was a good week, and I had a lot of people say, man, I watched Elf this week. And so uh, uh, Buddy had a lot going on in his life, but we answered the question, how can I have joy this Christmas, right? It, it, all of us go through different things, and life comes at you fast, and sometimes our happenings and our circumstances aren't real joyful, but how can we have joy? And let me encourage you, if you didn't uh, if you weren't here, you didn't get to listen to that, go on to our podcast and you can check out that sermon and, and listen. And, and, and I pray that, that that gives you a little joy for this year. So today we're going to talk about another classic movie, The Grinch. We're going to go with The Grinch today. Um, quick question, uh, how many of you know a Grinch? Anybody know a Grinch? All right. How many of you would be willing to point at them right now? Anybody, anybody willing to? Nobody? Nobody? Okay, oh, there's one in the back. All right, we got one. Uh, well, the, the great theologian, Dr. Seuss, came out with The Grinch. Listen to this. Some, some of you, this is going to blow your mind. 1957. 1957 is when The Grinch came out. Um, but, you know, during the Christmas season, I guess our eyes are open a little bit more to people that are kind of grumpy, to Grinches, right? Just because of the movie and all that. But, but, but you know, kind of, we can, we can uh, around the Christmas season, we can see some grumpy people. Uh, but, but quite frankly, you know, we see, uh, we see Scrooges all the time, right? We, we see people often that aren't happy, they have no joy, and they're just standing in line at Walmart and they're just mad, right? For I guess cuz they're at Walmart, but there's there's likely there's likely a reason, right? We don't know what people are going through. We don't know why, you know, you may cut somebody off in traffic while they cut you off. There's probably a reason for the grumpy spirit, right? And so uh, I, I want to watch this first clip, clip of the Grinch, and, and most of you are probably familiar with it, but let's see if we can uh, hear why the Grinch was probably a little cringy. All right, let's check this out. <laughs> Did anyone catch why the Grinch was so grinchy? <clears throat> His heart was two sizes too small, right? And so today, I want to take God's word, and I want to take this movie, and I want to talk to you from the topic of this. It's all a matter of the heart. It's all a matter 
of the heart. Here's what I'm convinced today, church. I'm convinced that there's nothing, nothing more important than the state of your heart. There's nothing more important. As a matter of fact, if you and I have any hope, if we have any hope, any inkling of living this abundant life that God's called us to, we have to understand that it's all dependent upon the state of our heart. Every issue in life, you think through any issue you want to bring up, any relationship you want to, everything that, that goes wrong or goes right in our life with people, it is all a matter of our heart. Every struggle in your marriage, every struggle with your kids, every relationship, your work, it's all a matter of understanding your heart. It can all be traced back to your heart. So, so... Today, I want to just dig into this, just, I mean, we're just going to scratch the surface. We don't have a ton of time because you, you start getting into heart issues, man, you can go deep, right? The Bible talks a lot about the heart, and we're going we're gonna to look at that, but we introduce you to the Grinch, but I want to talk to you again. Uh, there's a couple characters we're going to uh, uh, look at today, and the first guy is Solomon. Solomon doesn't have a lot to do with the Christmas story, but Solomon has a lot to do with us trying to understand our heart. Okay, Solomon was the third and he was the last king of Israel. Okay, everybody remember David, right? David uh, uh, committed adultery with Bathsheba. Solomon was their son. Okay, Solomon was the son of David and Bathsheba. Solomon wrote several books of the Bible. He wrote Song of Solomon. He wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And, and many believe that Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs as well. And, and something really cool happened in Simon, or Solomon's life. When, when Solomon, when it was his turn to take the throne, when he became the king of, uh, of Israel, um, he, he really sought the face of God. He got, he got before God and he really sought out the Lord. And God kind of gave him this opportunity to ask for whatever he wanted. And God said, Solomon, what is it that you need? What is it that you want? And he was, he was a very wise man. He was a very humble man. And he knew his inability to rule well. He knew he, he didn't have it all together, and so he unselfishly asked God, God, give me wisdom so that I can lead better. Give me wisdom so that I can lead your people in a, in a really good and healthy way. So God gave him wisdom. God gave him wealth. And in fact, listen to this, the Bible says that King Solomon was greater in riches and in wisdom than any other person. So the wisest and richest man in all of the earth is what the Bible calls Solomon. And I want to draw your attention to two uh, sentences, if you will, that Solomon came out and said. So the wisest and the richest man in the world, he said these two things. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, Solomon says this. Wisdom is supreme. Get wisdom, though it cost all that you have, get understanding. Now, I want you to think about this. The, this is God's words. The wisest and richest man in all of the world says, more important than all of my gold, all of my palaces, all of my wives, all of my kingdoms, all of my power, more important than all of that, he says, above everything else, get wisdom, get understanding. Okay, so, so, so let, let's hold on to that. Get wisdom, get understanding. And just a few verses later in verse 23, Proverbs 4.23, he says this. And some of you may remember this verse. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. So again, kind of this exaggeration above everything else, he says, this is what's most important. Guard your heart. 
Guard your heart. It is the wellspring of life. It is the source of everything in your life. So let's put those two verses together. Let's put what Solomon's wisdom is saying together. Though it cost all that you have. Though, though it, it costs all that you have, get understanding of your heart. Gain wisdom of what is going on inside of you. Why? Because what is going on inside of you is what's going to come out of you. What is going on inside of my heart? See, the heart is a really big deal. Did you know that the, the Bible mentions the heart over 955 times? Not, I mean, that's a lot of talk about the heart. Let me, and, and I'm going to go through these quick, and you can just write down the reference or take a picture. 1 Samuel 16, 7, remember this? Uh, God does not look on the outside as man does, but the Lord looks at the heart. Jeremiah 29, 13, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, Romans 10, 9, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, 10, for it is with your heart you will believe and justified. Mark 12, 30, love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Proverbs 27, 19, as water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects a man. See, Jesus is saying that out of our heart comes a lot. Out of your heart, what's going on inside of you comes what you think and what you do. So every day, every day, think about it like this. Your behaviors, your, your conversations, your attitude, your actions, what we're really doing all day, every day is we're kind of telling on ourselves, right? We're kind of telling them, this is what's in my heart. I'm telling you what's going on in my heart. And so what, what I want you to remember today, there's a few truths that I, I want to try to pull out of all these clips and, and God's word as we're talking about the heart. Any approach to finding peace starts with your heart. If you're looking for peace, you know, there's, there's these kind of words that we kind of use for Christmas, right? Joy, peace, merry, you know, like the, the, these kind of Christmassy words. If you want to find peace in your life, it has to start in your heart. So let me ask you this personal, personal question today. Maybe you need to write this down and marinate on it, think about it for a while. What is the state of my heart? What is the state of my heart. Let's watch this. See it. Obviously, just looking at a silly movie, but the, the Christmas season reminded him of that hurt that he had in his heart. Right? The reason why he was so grinchy, the reason why he was the, the Scrooge wasn't because he just was born that way. It was because something in his past wrote a lie on his heart. There was hurt in his heart. And it pushed those buttons in his heart that he didn't like. He, he, it got to those places that, that and, and it drove him away. It drove him away to, to loneliness. It drove him away to uh, uh, um, uh, not having a good connection with anyone. And that, that, that leads to, to uh, just us getting a better understanding that the hate, that the state of my heart affects my connections. The state of my heart affects my connections. Now listen, it doesn't just affect your connections with people, right? But it, it affects our connection with God. 
if, if I have hurt in my heart towards my earthly father, then, then it's going to affect my connection with my heavenly father. If I have hurt in my heart with my spouse, with my kid, it's going to affect my, my life because it's all a matter of the heart. And you see, friends, this is, this is what happens. And I want you to think about it like this. Hurts, hurts, presses down. But hope is what lifts up. Hurt is when it presses down. Did you see how his face, as he was walking away, his face turned when we, we all had that, oh, man, I feel so sorry for that guy, right? But then that, 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 that scene comes when his face had just turned angry, right? Because that's what happened. Hurt presses us down. It pushes us away. It, it, it disconnects us from God and from people. But hope is what lifts us up. And here's what we got to understand. All of us have hurts on our heart. Whether we're young or old, all of us have, have things and lies about ourselves that we may believe. And when we look in the mirror, we see something that's not really there. And, 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 and we have to understand that we all have these things and we all need hope. No matter if you've been a Christian for a long time, you wake up tomorrow, you need hope, right? We all have to have it. And that's why, you know, a little over a year ago, we, when we sat down and we began to pray about starting this church, like that was my heart, is that we would invite everyday people, people just like us, to be able to experience the hope of Jesus. I don't want to see anybody go through life walking by themselves with no hope. That's why we started this church. And I think this season of Christmas, this time of year, this, this, uh, you know, this story that we all know, the story that we read together with our families, why we go to church on Christmas Eve, this, this Christmas story is about bringing hope to all of our lives. That's what it's all about. This is what Christmas is for. Let me introduce you to the second character, a guy named Isaiah. Isaiah is what the Bible refers to as a prophet. He was an Old Testament prophet. And essentially what would happen is God would reveal things to Isaiah about the future. And Isaiah would go and he would tell the people, All right, here's what's going to happen. Here's, here's what God is saying to me. And, and, and this is what uh, God's revealed. Okay, And so Isaiah, in, in the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament, he's, he's talking about the coming of baby Jesus. And this is some 200 years before Jesus came. OK, so he's foretelling what was going to happen in Isaiah verse uh, chapter seven, verse 14. Isaiah says this, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son and name him Emmanuel. So, so some 200 years before Jesus was ever born, this is Isaiah and he's telling people, he's like, listen, Here's your hope, Israel. Here's your hope, people. Jesus is going to come. He's going to be born of a virgin. He's going to uh, be named Emmanuel. Now, here's the promise. This is why it brings hope. The name Emmanuel literally means God with us. God with us. And I just, I, I, as I watched that scene this week and just seeing the Grinch walk up that hill, right? How many of you, just think about that kind of metaphorically in our lives, just lonely, walking up a hill, right? You remember the old story your mom and dad used to tell you, you know, I walked to school two miles all the way uphill, no shoes, all that. Like, that's what I'm looking at when I see this guy. And it's just, it's just miserable, right? I'm walking uphill, I'm in the snow, I'm all lumped over, I'm down. And Isaiah says, listen, here's why you can have hope in your life. Because there's going to be a Savior that comes into the world, and his reason for coming is God with us. 
is so that he can be with you so you don't have to walk up that mountain by yourself. You don't have to go through life all alone. What Isaiah is telling the, the, the people here is this prophecy. God himself will come down and he will dwell among us. And the hope for your life is in his name, Emmanuel. In my ups and in my downs, he's with me. He's with me. But then, I want you to see this. Isaiah continues to reveal the, the true heart about Christmas. There's hope in who Jesus is because he comes. And then Isaiah 9, verse 6 says this. For a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us. The government will be on his shoulders. And then look at his name. He will be named Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Eternal Father. Prince of Peace. Now think about those just four quick names in a world that's full of hopelessness, in a season where we, we, where we see Grinches and we pass Grinches and sometimes we're the Grinches, right? In that season, let's think about these names of God. Names mean a lot, right? Names have power behind them. My girls, we give them chores, but, but if, if Emma comes in and she tells Sissy, hey, Sissy, you need to clean up your room. She's going to look at Emma and be like, who are you? Why, why are you telling me this, Right? But if she comes in and says, Mom said clean up your room, there's a little weight behind that name, right? Oh, okay, there's a little authority there. And so, so the names of God for you and I, even though it's Isaiah and it's 200 years before Jesus even comes, look at these names. In a world full of hopelessness, in your situation, I don't know what your situation is right now, but if, if you're struggling today, think about who Jesus is. He's a wonderful counselor. I mean, a wonderful counselor. Sometimes that's what I need. Sometimes I need a wonderful counselor. And, and, and uh, let's break this down just a little bit. We'll dig into this. The Hebrew word for wonderful is pele, P-E-L-E. And it's used within the Bible to describe the things that are not normal, right? They're beyond a, a human's capability. It's wonderful. We can't understand it. It's not normal. And so here he is. He's saying it, he's literally a miracle worker. He's, it's a wonderful counselor. It's something that you just can't too understand. It, it's too marvelous for words. That's how wonderful our counselor is. And the Bible talks about how, how our wonderful counselor is the Messiah. His deeds will be nothing less than amazing and miraculous. Something that only God could perform for you and I. Think about that for a second. Think about your situation right now. Whatever's going on in your heart, I ask you to, to take a deep look into your heart. What's the state of my heart? What do I need? Oftentimes I need this wonderful counselor a wonderful counselor that's just not normal it's not just going to give me a pat on the back and tell me to go but something that's going to help me do what I don't even know that I need oftentimes he calls him the wonderful counselor he also calls him the mighty God the mighty God he says you're the everlasting father but then he but then he says this last one and he says you're the prince of peace you're the prince of peace. 
Now, if, if, if for those of you that, that have children or grandchildren or, you know, just people in your life that you love, that you're trying to disciple, that you're trying to raise, if, if I were to sit down with you and ask you, okay, what is it that you want your child to have? What is it that, you know, when, when they grow up and they leave, what is it that you want? You probably give me some, you know, good, man, I want them to, you know, have a good job and have a good spouse and, and, and uh, 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 you know, whatever. I want them to, you know, do good in business or, or whatever. And all those things are great. All those things are great. But if we, if we stripped it all down and said, you know, if you could just have a couple things, what is it that you would ask God for? And most of us would say, well, I want, I want them to have peace. I want them just to go through life with purpose and have peace. Even if they don't have the nicest stuff, if they have joy in their heart, they have joy in their life, right? And so here's, here's Isaiah again, 200 years before Jesus, and he says, here's what he's going to be for you, Israel. He's going to be your prince of peace. The, the, the Hebrew word here for, for prince, it means um, um, the chief, the head, the overseer. Right? The overseer of peace. Jesus is head over peace. You want peace in your life? You want peace from the turmoil that's in your heart? You need to find Jesus. You want to have this peace when you lay your head down on the pillow at night, even though life is crazy and relationships are crazy and there's struggle? You got to start by looking in your heart. You got to start with the state of your heart. And you got to understand that it starts with me finding Jesus. So what lies, what lies are you believing today? We all have them. We all have them. What lies has the enemy confused you and tricked you and dis distracted you with in your life? The Grinch thought he hated Christmas because of the hurt that was in his heart from the loneliness, the no mom and dad. That'll do it, right? <laughs> that, that'll get you. But what kind of peace do you have today? I want you to take a look at this last clip as we look at some of the lies that I think the Grinch begins to realize are written on his heart. So we see, you see the lie that was written on his heart? It wasn't Christmas. It wasn't Christmas that he hated. It was being alone. And for years he believed that lie. And for years he didn't have peace. And the reality is a lot of us, once, once a lie comes into our heart, once it gets in there, fear takes over, right? And in one sense, we, we fear that that lie is the truth. We fear that that's, that's the, the reality. But what happens is when that lie comes into our heart, our natural reaction, here's what we do. We close our heart. We start building those walls. We start building up that, that I don't want you to hurt me. I'm not going to let you in. And we start building up those walls and those, those lies on our heart become our real life belief system. Just like the grant said, for years of my life, I've spent hating Christmas. But the truth of the matter is my heart needs love, right? My heart needs peace. My heart needs Joy, my heart needs to be wanted. My heart needs to be cared for. And so on and so on and so on. The true heart of Christmas is that, that you and I would give our hearts to Jesus so that the wonderful counselor can take care of your heart. 
so that the Prince of Peace can come into you and surpass all understanding. Even though I don't see it, I have this peace. The true heart of Christmas is that I would give my heart, I would give my life to Jesus who came for the sole reason that you and I can have hope. As we close today, I also want to draw your attention to one other little character there in the movie. There at the end, the Grinch, as he stood up and he's sharing all of this stuff about his heart, he said, it's all because of this one little girl. It's all because of this one little girl. And, you know, for those of you in here today that you know Christ, and, and as, as we talked about, man, just the, the wonderful counselor, the, the almighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, for those of us who, who possess that, little Cindy Lou is a good role model. She knew the heart of Christmas. And she invited the Grinch in. And remember, if you watch that movie, he stole all their Christmas presents. Stole her Christmas tree. <laughs> right? But she saw above that. She saw above that and she invited him. She went and knocked on the door and said, hey, will you come to our Christmas dinner? And you know, I'm going to be honest with you. When I watch that, like, there's a little conviction in my heart. <laughs> I'm like, dang. Like, that's the kind of love that I need to show as a, as a follower of Christ. Even though there's, even though there's the, the state of my heart isn't always great, but I've got the Prince of Peace in my life. I've got hope in my life. When I lay my head down on the pillow, if I don't wake up tomorrow here on earth, I'm going to be in heaven with Jesus, no doubt in my mind. And I want to bring as many people with me as I can. And even the Grinches in my life. So if you're here today and you know Christ is your personal Savior, He lives in your heart. My challenge to you this week is go pass that hope along. Go pass that peace along this week. Go be Cindy Lou to someone this week. Right? But, but for some of us in here today, like, like the challenge is getting our focus you know, right here on our heart and going, okay... Uh, uh, maybe I'm always arguing. Maybe I'm always fighting. Maybe there's always tension. There's always stress. I gotta, I gotta get to the, to the foundation of this, right? Maybe I'm judgmental. Maybe I'm, I'm just someone who's, who's prideful. And what is going on in my heart? It starts with your heart. Remember, Solomon said, "Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life." As I do often when we close, I want to ask you just a couple personal questions, practical questions that you can sit on and think through and chew on this week. How's your connection with Jesus? Like, dude, you're in church. It's a normal question, but really, really, between you and Jesus, how's your connection? Is there some tension? Is there some... Discomfort, it's all a matter of my heart. The state of my heart affects my connection. How's my connection with the people around me? The people that, that are closest to me. I've always heard this, this saying that uh, uh, 
if the people closest to you respect you the most, then you're doing something, then you're healthy. But the people who know you the most, how's your connection with them? Maybe there's some disconnect between you and your spouse. Maybe there's some disconnect between you and your children. Man, it starts with Jesus. It starts with my heart. The heart of Christmas. The reason for Jesus coming to this earth is so that your heart and my heart can have true peace. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. Close your eyes. The reality of today is, that's why I told our, our prayer, our guys who pray every Sunday, that's why I told them this morning, man, this is just scratching the surface today. The Bible talks about the heart 955 times, and we just talked about it for 20 minutes. I pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal some, maybe some lies that have been written on your heart, like the Grinch. Maybe some hurts that you need to begin healing and taking steps. Maybe some struggles that you have and, and you can just go back to those places in your heart to say, God, I need you to be my wonderful counselor today. I need you to be my prince of peace today. This Christmas season, that's why we're able to celebrate. The wisest, richest man in all of the earth says, Get wisdom. Get understanding of your heart. So today, I don't know what season of life you're in. I don't know what your struggles are. I don't know what your mountaintops are. But what's the state of your heart? I want to encourage you now. We're going to sing. and We're going to respond. I just want to ask you in this moment just to, just to give it all to Jesus. Release. And maybe that's something simple, an act of, of, of raising your hands in worship, opening your hands and say, here I am, Jesus, fill my heart. Whatever it is, would you be obedient this morning? Father God, thank you for your word. Just pray today that you would continue to work on our hearts as we just kind of look and evaluate and navigate what's going on inside of each of us. Lord, I pray that some today would, would call on their wonderful counselor. They would experience you in new ways today. Everlasting Father, the almighty God. Lord, today I call on the Prince of Peace to wash over our church family. Speak to us today, God. Give us boldness and courage to respond to how... You're leading us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. You need somebody to talk to. We got some folks in the back. We'll be up here in the front. Let's respond to how God's leading us today. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you. And the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you and have a wonderful day.